Hello, welcome to Free Your Children on 1460 AM Christian Radio. I am your host, Tiffany Boyd, and my mission here at Free Your Children is to share the truth and love about education. There's a battle raging for the souls of our nation's children. I hope this ministry equips you for battle. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Ephesians 6, 10 through 11. I want to thank Safe Storage for sponsoring tonight's show. If you have storage needs and you're in the Middle Tennessee area, Columbia or Mount Pleasant, you can find Safe Storage at safestoragetn.com. If you're interested in sponsoring the Free Your Children radio show or the Free Your Children ministry, you can contact me at freeyourchildren at gmail.com and I will be happy to send you some sponsorship information. You can also find me on at my email, freeyourchildren at gmail.com, on my website, freeyourchildren.com, on X, I'm still getting used to saying X instead of Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. You can also find me on the Borough Pulse, where I am a monthly contributor. All of my articles there are all about education. You can find those at B-O-R-O-P-U-L-S-E.com. Tiffany Boyd, which is my author page. I'm very excited to be launching a series that is dedicated to parents who are homeschooling with special needs children. My guest tonight is an expert in that field. Her name is Peggy Ployer. Peggy founded SPED Homeschool, and she is the CEO and is a pop popular speaker addressing a wide variety of topics learned throughout her homeschooling years. As a cancer survivor, influencer, and business owner, this physicist turned home educator left a lucrative career in the medical device industry to teach the struggling learners in her own home, which eventually turned into a full-time calling at the end of her homeschooling career. Peggy founded SPED Homeschool in 2017 and now leads an organization that empowers thousands of families across the globe each year to create specialized home education environments. Welcome, Peggy. It's so nice to have you with us tonight. Well, thanks for having me, Tiffany. I'm glad to be able to share and to be a guest on your show. Absolutely. Tell our listeners, Peggy, about your family's own personal homeschool journey. Sure. Um, so it's kind of a funny story. Um, when my kids were preschoolers, a lady from my church invited me to a homeschool conference. We were living in Oregon. And um, I came home from that conference and I turned to my husband and I said, never, that is not me. I will never do that. <laughs> We're sending our kids to private school. And um, we moved and then to Minnesota back to by family. And um, my oldest son pretty much got kicked out of kindergarten about halfway through. <laughs> and the principal, thankfully, I mean, it was a nice Christian school. And she she had been doing some research on high-functioning autism. It, it really wasn't even talked about. Um, that was in the early 2000s. Mm -hmm. And there was only two books that actually existed on it at that point. And, and so when after he got his diagnosis, I came back into her office and I said, yeah, we have to think you know, and pray about a different learning environment for him. And she so graciously gave me a packet of information that she had copied, knowing what his diagnosis was going to be. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that was what gave me enough to, after God just really laid on my heart, you need to teach him at home. He was so depressed. He said to me when we brought him home, he said, mom, it's like, God's a bird and he's laid an egg and that's me. And a snake has come and swallowed me up. 
And all he said is, I want to die. I want to die. And I'm like, I can't put you in a school environment and feel like anything good is going to come out of this. And, um, and so that launched our homeschooling career. (laughs) And I had, uh, I had a preschooler then as well. Mm-hmm. And then um, right after we started homeschooling, I was pregnant again and and then had a daughter. So I had two sons, two years apart, and then a daughter five years after that. Um, so so we ended up homeschooling for 19 years and loved every minute of it. I felt like it was just, it became our way of life and a way to cater to the specific learning needs of my children. They all probably would have been diagnosed on the spectrum. Um, mm-hmm. One was only officially diagnosed, um, but, um, you know, f- fast forward, he is now, my oldest is now 26. He's a biomedical engineer. He lives in Florida um, and is living on his own and doing awesome. And so God has been so good. Um, you know, those years that we poured um, so much into him and, and I sacrificed so much was worth every every year and every minute. Absolutely. What a wonderful testimony. We are in the middle of our 20th year of homeschooling. We have five wow. And I was previously a public school teacher. So your story there at the beginning resonates with me because I had also said I would never homeschool. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And it's always fun. I tell people all the time, when you say you're never going to do something, you've just bought a one-way ticket to that destination. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Like God's going to say, yep, that's right. You are, you are not equipped, but I am. And I'm going to show you how. (laughs) Exactly. And, And you're right. It is a blessing and you can customize your your homeschooling journey to fit each individual, you know, child's learning needs, no matter if they have, you know, disabilities or special learning challenges. Every every homeschool student has an IEP, has an IEP, an individualized education plan. It's just an extension of parenting. So your children were very blessed that you took up that mantle and were willing to to do this, even though you kind of entered into it reluctantly. Tell our listeners- What did you find, what specific programs or curriculums did you find that were most effective? Because you did this, it was how many years ago when you first began your journey? Oh, so I started, I can never quite remember. So my, my son was five, he was Mm -hmm. born in 97. So I guess it was about 2003. (laughs) Um, So yes, not a lot existed out there. There was the, um, and I, I give a talk on customizing curriculum and I talk about this and um, I say there was, you know, the traditional method, which is, you Mm -hmm. know, the workbooks and the textbooks. Then there was the um, literature-based approach. Sunlight was, was um, just kind of up and coming at that point. And then there was the unit study approach. And so me being the scientist that I am, I decided we wouldn't have a little experiment. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so we, um, I took all three methods mm-hmm. and I tested them out on my kids. I thought, you know, well, we're going to have some, some variables that, that are, you know, not variable. We're going to keep something static. And so I said, okay, we're going to study the same time period. Um, and about the same topics, because then I know that that wasn't swaying the results. <laughs> so right. we, we picked, um, just the, the seafaring, you know, the, the 1500s and, um, and all of that. So I first tried, which I figured would not work the textbook approach with coloring pages and all of that. And, uh-huh. um, I about had a mutiny that day <laughs> and I decided to said, Nope, that, that is not for us. And I'm, I'm the type 
too. And I think parents forget that you're the one teaching this and you have to love this as much as your kids do. And exactly. every time I pick up a, a cookbook, I look at the ingredients and say, yep, I can make that. And I never read the instructions. So why buy a curriculum that's giving me instructions? Cause I'm not going to use it anyways. Right. Um, so, so then we tried the literature-based approach. I really, you know, I thought, oh, it'd be so cool if we all could just cuddle up on the couch, you know, and, and enjoy these good books and something that I missed from, from my um, schooling years. And my kids were bouncing on the couch and running around the room. And I was like, <laughs> okay, this method doesn't work either. <laughs> and so we tried the unit study approach and, um, and I ended up buying 20 feet of rope for each of my kids. We had a book on how to tie different knots mm -hmm. and, and they were working, you know, at those knots and tying them all up. And then, you know, that was the time of, of, you know, the pirating and all that said, okay, I'm your captive. You can tie me up, but you have to use the proper knots. And, you know, that, that was like the, the most amazing thing for my kids. And so I was like, okay, I think we found our approach. Right. Right. <laughs> and, Through trial um, and error, right? It's I mean, yes, exactly. And so then we dove into the, the next year, which was our first full year of homeschooling with that approach. And actually my oldest used the unit study approach all the way through high school because oh, wow. that hands-on yeah. approach, I knew he was going to be an engineer from day one. You know, he just mm -hmm. had to always be building stuff. And, and so we just kind of leaned into that. And as you know, my, my next child came, it's like, okay, well, what, what is, what does he have to offer this environment? Well, he was the one who always donned the costumes and run around, ran around in the superhero things. And I said, okay, we can dress up like these time periods and, you know, and, um, and play, play out these roles. And so I kind of tweaked and changed it and, and picked and chose different activities out of that curriculum, um, model mm -hmm. that suited each of my kids. And then right. I kind of tailored it so that they each could shine in right. while they were learning. So you were able to customize yes. each of your children's individual learning plans that best yeah fit their needs, which is one of the many beautiful things that homeschooling allows you to do. Exactly. And to go at of, their own pace too. Yes, absolutely. They can go at their own pace. What were some of the unique challenges that you faced? So co-ops, you know, and a lot of people <laughs> contact us about that too. You know, how do I find my community? And, right. you know, having a child who got kicked out of kindergarten, it's, we tried, um, I thought, well, this will be different. And it really wasn't. Right. Um, we, a lot of people just did not understand his behavior and a lot of his behavior sound, you know, it seemed like he was just being a bully, but it really was a protective mechanism for him. Mm -hmm. And, and to try to explain that to people, cause they were trying to discipline him when he really just needed space. And, and so I ended up before pods were even a thing, um, I, I just befriended a lot of, of pa other parents who had kids that were as quirky as mine. Mm -hmm. And we ended up creating our own group and we would bring in a teacher. We go on field trips together. Every Friday we'd have a potluck. Um, we just made that our homeschool community and it was three families just total, right. but it was a safe place for my kids to be able to have friends, to be able to learn with others and, and not feel like they were being judged because, well, the, the other family had a, you know, a child on the spectrum too. And, you know, the siblings are like, oh yeah, that's just like my brother. And right. they just kind of all accepted each other where they were at and, and so that was probably one of the biggest hurdles. And I still think, you know, we, we want, we want those experiences for our kids, but we, we have to think outside the box, even on that, I um, agree. that it's I'm, just going to have to look different. Yes. But, and I'm, and yeah. I'm glad I, that you brought that up because I think because of the, the stigma 
of homeschooling children, you know, still there's still a misconception out there that homeschooling children are not socialized. So I think <laughs> <a lot> of, <laughs> so I think over socialized sometimes. Yes, yes. <laughs> absolutely. My husband says that often. He says home school. If you are homeschooling, you're supposed to be at home. <laughs> you're supposed to be at home. And I and I tell parents all the time, if you participated in every single thing that there was available for homeschooling families, then you would not have time to do anything else. You wouldn't even sleep. Right? No, you wouldn't <laughs> even, I mean, there, there are just so many opportunities that you can participate in. And I think that sometimes because homeschooling families know that there is still that stigma, I think sometimes they get in an in fall into the trap of overextending and, and yes. feeling like they need to participate in too much and, and getting involved in too many activities. And it can be overwhelming for their children, whether they're special needs or not. And I think they need to, to realize that they don't have to recreate that public school mentality Absolutely. of socialization at home all the time with tons of other kids. It really is okay to just have small groups and, and your children are going to be homeschooling is just an extension of, of parenting and they're going to be socialized no matter what with different age levels. You know, you, you take your Absolutely. children to the store, you know, they're interacting with other people. You take your, your, your children to church or to, you know, extracurricular activities that may not necessarily be tied into your homeschooling. That's all part of socialization. I tell yeah. parents often, if you really knew the type of socialization that was occurring in public schools, I really don't think that that's what you would really be advocating for. <laughs> exactly. Yes. And, you know, it, sometimes and especially for kids that, you know, have have social struggles, mm -hmm. having one good friend is better than having 20 acquaintances. Exactly. Right. And a lot of those groups, because, you know, over 20 years, you know, we've I've seen co-ops come and go. Our families participated in co-ops. And the thing that I found is even within a co-op community, oftentimes the kids are really just seeing each other when the co-op gets together to do things together, but right. they really aren't building friendships outside yeah. of that, you know, exactly. once a week or twice a month or how many times, you know, that they're meeting and getting together, much like, you know, the public school, your kids may go to school with lots of other children, but that doesn't mean that they're developing close. <laughs> relationships with right just because you're sitting in a desk next to somebody doesn't mean that you've you've built social skills <laughs> exactly exactly so what are some of the misconceptions that you've heard um or that you think are still very much prevalent when it comes to homeschooling children with learning challenges um i i think the biggest one that people come in with is that there needs to be a rush to catch up. Mm -hmm. I, I hate that phrase so badly um, mm -hmm. because we're we're comparing our children to a norm that <clears throat> only the norm exists. You know, right. it's it's not that that normal child is not out there. <laughs> right. So <laughs> um so your child is just unique. They're going to maybe accelerate in some areas faster than others. They're they're not going to learn also at an and even, you know, you see these these nice graphs where every, you know, learning just takes place step by step up little steps. No, usually you don't see anything for a long time and then all of a sudden there's a spike. Right. Um, it has a lot to do with um this neural the neuroplasticity and also the um the, the brain connections. And there has to be a lot of brain connections in place in order for a child or anybody to be able to do a skill. 
Mm-hmm. And um, we forget that like for, for hand or for reading, you have to have a lot of cross brain connection in order for reading to take place and somebody to be able to understand what they're reading, not only the mechanics of reading the word, but also to be able to, um, to just understand the text and then to articulate what was understood from that. Um, and so, so a lot of like physical movement, cross body movement is required to do reading. Um, and, and so we often, I had, I've had parents, cause I worked for a consultant for many years for two different state organizations. And that would be their first question that they would ask me is how do I get my child caught up? And a lot of times I'll say, you know what, you're going to do a lot of activities that aren't related to that at all. Um, like for my son, he didn't read till he was, um, 11, mm-hmm. my oldest son, and, but we just kept, you know, working on that, but we were working on other things, encouraging him that you, you have a gift, you have, you know, you're good at some things. He did, was doing mechanical engineering still when he wasn't reading, right. um, because that those were things that encouraged him that he wasn't just, you know, an awful student because right. these kids come in with trauma mm-hmm. that a lot of like, just, you know, educational trauma, they, they're told they don't do things good, that you're, um, you're just a bad learner, you know, we've got to fix you. Um, and all of those things just beat them up and they have to be rebuilt to, to say, no, you know, you are gifted. God made you this way. It doesn't mean that you maybe have gifts and, you know, these educational things, but that's okay. We'll, we'll work on, on, you know, getting you at the pace that you can to do these skills, but let's not forget the rest of you in the process. Exactly. It's heartbreaking to see, you know, what some of these children have been had to endure, you know, in yes. in the public school classroom or, you know, even in an institutionalized setting. And someone coined the phrase a while back, the only behind in homeschooling is the one that you're sitting on. And <laughs> I, I love that. <laughs> I absolutely love that phrase. And I use it often because, you know, I hear the same thing parents will contact me about, you know, what do I need to do? How do I need to go about navigating, you know, pulling my children out? They're so behind right. in school and it's an artificial construct. Most it of is. the benchmarks that the educational um, institution has set up, it's not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate. No. And, you know, there's a push to do things sooner, faster, and more. And right. know how damaging that has been. You know, there's already been re- research that has been released about how damaging early childhood education is and right. the lack of play that, you know, has mm-hmm. been uh, allowed in these classrooms is very detrimental, you know, to children as well. So absolutely, you know, you're right. And I think so many people have been conditioned to believe that this is how it's supposed to be, that even the educators need to be re-educated. Yeah. <laughs> Mm -hmm. On what education really is. I mean, they're, they're trying, you're trying to fit every single child who is an individual into a box, into a mold. And we know that that doesn't work because every child is unique. Right. But you know, what, what, um, I interviewed a a gentleman on my show a while ago. Um, and he said that at that point, he said 70% of kids have the mental flexibility enough to be able to work with any curriculum. Mm -hmm. Um, and he said 30% have that, you know, if you think about a child in a box, you know, if they can contort, contort themselves enough, they can fit in, you know, Um, but the other 30% and now I'm finding it's more close to 50%. And it is, has to do a lot with us taking away a lot of that physical activity Mm -hmm. is that there's an arm or a leg or a head that doesn't quite fit in the box. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And 
Right. So you've got to make the box go around until mm -hmm. they either increase that flexibility or you build the the scaffolding or the um, the accommodations to to get out to that limb that can't quite fit in the box. Right. And it's, it's a good picture for parents to understand because you, you want to educate the whole child. Right. Um, but sometimes we just focus on what's sticking out of the box instead mm -hmm. of, you know, all of it. Right. And, exactly. And so, yep. Just, just think that your child just can't bend in some of those ways. And so you're going to have to find a way to get out to those extensions some other way. And it, a lot of times it's supplementing curriculum that you already have. It doesn't mean what you're using is bad, but you just might need to use more um, or take longer. Sometimes you may have to use a curriculum for two or three years mm -hmm. um, and until your child can get all of what's in there and, and be ready to move on. Why do you think homeschooling is so beneficial for kids with unique learning challenges? Well, I think it goes back to, you know, we, we, the, the public school system, even private schools, they, they have so many students, mm -hmm. you cannot individualize it to the point where these kids need it. And so they're, they, they either rush them along. I know I have had parents um, come back to me and say, you know, we homeschooled for a couple years because of extenuating circumstances. We had to put kids back into school. And then it comes back that the handwriting is not theirs. Mm -hmm. It's their aide that wrote it oh, yeah. um, because they were in a hurry. Um, or there's all these beautiful goals that they wrote on their IEP that they said they would do, but there was there's no resources to actually help the child get to those goals. Mm -hmm. And so in a homeschooling environment, you know, you're going to hold your own self accountable for those. And as a parent, you want your child to do that, and you can devote the time and the energy to make sure that that's done right. And and so it's it's not so much that, you know, the teachers, I just, I feel for them. I have friends who are public ed, you know, education teachers and special ed teachers, and it just breaks their hearts that they can't do what they need to do. But, um, I was even talking at a conference in Las Vegas a couple of years ago and an educator come up, came up to me cause I was talking about the, how we can actually accommodate every child. And she's like, that is just a dream. It's a pipe dream for us. We can never do what you did. You did with your kids. Um, and so, you know, they realize that it's homeschooling allows you to do what any other educational system can't do. Right. Yes, it does. Absolutely. When you have parents come to you that are considering homeschooling and they realize that they have a, a special needs child that they're going to be educating, what are some of the biggest concerns and questions that they have for you? Um, well, a lot of times it's the trauma that their child mm -hmm. has been through. How do we heal from that? And a lot of times it's, it's helping your child learn that learning is not, um, something that will condemn them. Um, which, you know, you talk about de-schooling just with regular homeschoolers, mm -hmm. but, um, for de-schooling a child that has had that trauma and has been told that they're not a good learner, it's going to take a lot longer. And, wow. and then, you know, just not to panic that you don't have, you know, everything in place. And I know there's a lot of states that say of required subjects, but it doesn't mean you have to teach them every day. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you can, you can vary those around and you teach at your own child's level. 
Um, and then, you know, it comes down to, to graduation. I mean, we, I, I remember panicking about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and once I got my oldest through, you know, I realized, oh, there's no way I could ever teach him everything he needs, you know? And then, you know, God so gently reminded me, I didn't know it all either. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's really okay. You know, you prepare them for, for what they need, but you know, God will provide everything that you need for every child. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't need to panic and put things in place that are going to end up being just so-so. Um, to take just one big breath and where peace leads you, that's what you need to actually go with. Um, and so a lot of times I'll just tell parents, where do you feel that anxiety is not leading you, but that you feel where peace is? resonates and start with that. Oh, that's great advice. And then when you have that down and you're like, oh, we have a little more space and we've, we've, we've got this, this rhythm down, we're ready to add something more. Where's your piece again? Because Mm -hmm. especially for parents who have kids that struggle, there's so much conflicting data out there and you can chase, you know, down foxholes everywhere um, from different research and, and be buying different curriculum and methods and, you know, going to different experts and spend so much money and so much time. And you miss the child who's sitting in front of you. Exactly. Absolutely. Tell our listeners, Peggy, about your company, what you do, and and how you've helped so many parents navigate this journey. Yeah. So Sped Homeschool was founded in 2017. Um, It's a nonprofit. So all of our resources are free. We um, So after working as a, a consultant for both the Texas Homeschool Coalition and the Minnesota Association of Christian Home Educators, um, I found that as I was counseling parents, you know, we got through the firefighting of them getting started homeschooling, and then I had nowhere to send them. And right. I thought, you know, we really need a database of information so parents can search and and find that. So since 2017, we've been building that database. Um, so our website, you can search for blogs. We've got probably over 500 of them on different topics. And then um, I do a live broadcast every Tuesday afternoon and interview different experts. So our YouTube channel has over a thousand videos. You can search as well. Mm-hmm. And then that interview is live. So you can either submit questions ahead of time because if you're on our email list, you'll find out the night before what the topic is. And you'll have a link to submit questions or to get a reminder of the live show if you want to be actually to interact with that guest. And then that also turns into a podcast as well. So we just know that our parents, they are very short on time and and resources. And so we just want to be able to get you the information, how it's best for you. And, and so that's why we kind of provide it in all those different formats. That's wonderful. And that's SPED. Right. Yes. PED homeschool. So we just call it sped homeschool. So special ed homeschool. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Would Absolutely. you say that the special needs community homeschooling community is growing? Um, yes. So, and especially since COVID yeah. we found that um, in the research you had talked to um, um, I'm forgetting his name now, Peterman. Brian Ray. Uh, yes, uh-huh. Brian Ray. Yes. And, um, but the research that came back after COVID was that the majority of people that stayed homeschooling, mm-hmm. um, sorry about my phone there. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <Real life. laughs> All right. Um, but we found out that the, the research that came back after COVID was that, those people that stayed homeschooling after that and didn't put their kids in, the majority of them 
were kids who needed a special accommodations. Wow. So our percentage increased from about maybe about 10% to almost 50% wow. of homeschoolers. That's an and explosion. It's an explosion, exactly. Mm -hmm. And then with the explosion again of homeschoolers, it it just jumped. Our, our website was just during COVID, it was amazing. Okay. Um, just how many hits we were getting and people just, you know, desperate for information. And um, and so so yes, the it has increased greatly, and and also just because of the things we talked about earlier, there's a lot of things that th that kids aren't doing like they used to do. You know those cross body movements, the the just the crawling, the you know all those things that you need for brain development, mm -hmm. and and so that's affecting their learning and right. um, having to, to remediate a lot and, and go back and, and try to see where, where are the gaps? Right. One thing that I hear uh, parents say is that maybe their child that is in traditional public school that has special learning needs, they can't homeschool because their child is participating in some of the therapies that the school yes. system may be offering. How would a parent that is wanting to homeschool, how would they navigate that? Yes. So under the Individuals with Disability and Education Act, actually 10% of those funds are given to states for private and homeschooled students. Mm -hmm. So those funds then trickle down into your school district and each school district is allowed, um, usually under their state guidance, mm -hmm. uh, to use those funds however they please. So you need to actually contact your um, your your school district and mm -hmm. ask your, for your child to be evaluated. They need to be reevaluated if they have been in the school to be because their their status changes. So mm -hmm. they go from a status of enrolled student if they were enrolled previously to an unenrolled student or a partially enrolled student. And then once that that determination goes through, they'll say what they can give from those allotted funds. And you of course you're competing with all the other people in your school district that want those funds as well. And right. so it's, it's kind of a, some school districts, you're going to get the moon and some you're going to get nothing. Right. Um, and so I always warn parents ahead of that. And also the school district, their therapy is very different than a private therapy. So the, the, the school's therapy, what they do specifically is they, they are, the IEP is written so that your child can participate in school at the same level as their peers. And so once they hit the peer level, they'll drop all the therapies mm -hmm. where a private therapist will say, oh, we need to keep working on this because we've just hit this goal, but it doesn't mean that you're progressed as far as you should be eventually. And so a private therapist is actually going to continue working on that goal where a school is going to say, oh, good enough. We'll, we'll just stop right now. So, so you have to come in with that understanding that yes. it's just to get your child to the basic minimum of what they need to survive in a school. And then they're going to drop that therapy. Yes. I was doing an interview with Dr. Douglas Petersma. I know that you know him and, and yep. he was sharing with me that they consider 1% a gain. So all they have to show yes. is a 1% gain. And I did not realize that. And I was just blown away when mm -hmm. he made that statement because that's really not much of a gain. Um, right. and, and, and is it true also that oftentimes parents can do the research themselves and figure yes. out, you know, how to provide some of these, um, therapies or assistances or, you know, things that their children may need without even having to go via that avenue. 
Yeah, we um, we actually have a free downloads page on our website. And one of the downloads is links to various different therapies written by therapists, Mm -hmm. professional therapists to parents on how to do various therapies. So yes. um, And if you need somebody to kind of handhold you for a while, an educational therapist is a good medium. They actually will train you on how to do therapy with your child. So they're they're kind of like work with both the parent and the child than just you dropping them off and working wow. with the therapist. That's mm-hmm. amazing. It's amazing that there are just so many resources. And, Absolutely. And what SPED is doing is providing parents with what they need to equip them to be able to navigate this journey um, themselves and and be able to yeah. homeschool their children effectively. So um, Polly, that's just, uh, Peggy, that's just amazing that you are, have, built this and that you are giving parents what they need. Tell our listeners again how they can find you. Yeah. So if you go to our our website is SPED Homeschool, so S-P-E-D homeschool.com. And then my podcast is um, Empowering Homeschool Conversations. And and then you can find us on, on YouTube as well at SPED Homeschool. That's wonderful. What is a piece of advice that you would give parents who have children with special needs and they're considering homeschooling, but they're afraid to? What would you say to them? It is so worth it. Um, Just uh, having adult children now and Mm -hmm. and seeing what the world just bombards our kids with. They need that your attention, your close relationship with you more than ever before. And homeschooling provides you that time and that energy to just develop that, that time because, you know, my adult kids have been through a lot. Um, and, and they come back to us because they know we have a safe place for them. And, and not a lot of kids have that relationship with their parents. Um, and especially for kids that struggle, the, that bond needs to be even more so, so that they know that they have a, a shoulder to lean on and and somebody who really cares and is willing to invest in them. Very wise words. Thank you, Peggy, for being willing to spend time with us tonight and educate our listeners. I will have all of Peggy's information linked over on my Free Your Children Facebook page. And then again on Spotify after the show airs, it will be uploaded to Spotify and also on the WXRQ website where you can access it in either of those locations. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. I know that you've blessed many families um, across the nation and I know that you will continue to do so. Thank you for all of your hard work and dedication, Peggy. Thank you. And thanks for having me, Tiffany. Uh I appreciate it. And it was fun. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much for being with us. I want to also thank Safe Storage again for sponsoring tonight's show. If you are in the Middle Tennessee area and have storage needs, you can find them at safestoragetn.com. And I want to leave you with this. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. We love you here at WXRQ, but remember, Jesus loves you so much more. Good night and God bless.